There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action this week is Carlos Safaro, the founder and program director of Arizona Talks, as well as the executive director of the Libre Initiative. We're excited to have you on, Carlos. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So I'm excited to hear about the Libre Initiative. I know that the Arizona Talks seems like a really dynamic organization that's working to to bring together people from different backgrounds in hopes of having fact-based conversations and actually working towards a solution, which I know Centauri's not used to. He's more into talking in echo chambers and just talking to people that share his viewpoint. So try we to, all, uh, try to open know, your mind, Centauri. We all know that is the exact opposite of what is true. <laughs> yeah, of course, I'm just kidding. So, so Carlos, if, if you would, talk about your career path. Tell us a little bit about your work with the Libre Initiative, and then, uh, and then we'll get into the uh, Arizona Talks. Sure. So I, I really didn't really know what, would, what I was going to do with my life in college. I jumped from class to class, and something that really stood out was the ability to talk to people in a group about important issues or what seemed to be important issues to me back then were religion, uh, community engagement, uh, you know, philosophy, and then um, politics entered the mix when we began this group called Students for Liberty down at ASU, uh, Arizona State University, of course, and um, just had amazing conversations. Unlike the college Republicans or college Democrats, what we did was we set up our discussions based on the topic, on current events or a philosophical idea, and would invite people to come and join us. So, for example, we had, you know, discussions on gun rights and immigration. Uh, and we not only saw more attendance, but really a, a more dynamic discussion, a, a better discussion with one another. Even if we disagreed, we were able to talk and uh, we were able to discuss our viewpoints. And from that, I think, grew a really good network of people, speakers, attendees that um, kind of grew into what Arizona talks is today, as well as my political activism, right? I mean, it is important to talk to one another and learn uh, from one another's perspective. And at the end of the day, we have to kind of make our own mind and advocate for what we believe is right. So um, the Libre Initiative here in Arizona focuses on advocating not only to the Latino community, but to everybody about uh, free markets and um, about personal responsibility. So we're doing some work on criminal justice reform, immigration reform, and uh, some community work by teaching people English and having um, some classes on financial peace. All of that is coming together really nicely for next year. Well, that's awesome. I think that that's, that's all great. really, really, really positive stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that that during your, your undergraduate years um, that a big push or a big priority was was having these important and difficult conversations because all too often it seems like if I pay attention to national media, it sounds like a lot of kids at college aren't necessarily interested in engaging in that robust debate. They're more interested in just not hearing from other side. Yeah, you know, what I think I've found more than anything is that everybody has an opinion about it. 
not a lot of people uh, are willing to go into the discussion with, because they don't think they don't know enough or because they don't uh, feel like they um, pay attention to what's going on. But what uh, our conversations had allowed us to do was uh, put everybody's likes together. So not only did we talk about these policies, but also introduce some sort of a cultural piece, whether that be music, uh, art, uh, photographs, uh, whatever it was that related to the topic. So we've had conversations on pretty much, um, you know, a wide range of issues from beer to music um, and culture because we have that philosophy that we can't just be political animals. We have to be more than that. We have to kind of stop, smell the roses, and talk about things that fulfill us as human beings as well. All of that is connected, of course, with a philosophy of, of knowing that um, if you change society in the way people think, maybe through music or, or art, that eventually um, pu- public policy will change as well. Carlos, the, the fascinating thing about that is that we, um, I brought in a speaker last week and we were talking about the idea that uh, culture, people believe that culture really helps drives politics. And so it's great that you're aligned with that theory that you have to ingrain the culture when you're, discussion, when you're discussing big heady topics like politics. For um, for context, when were you an undergrad? Because I think that would be good for our listeners to know about like what time, what was happening politically when you were able to have these conversations. So back in the day, it was uh, really from 2012 to 2014. That was that was when it was heavy. You know, the uh, majority of the groups kind of uh, all worked together to the same ideas, and even if we disagreed, we were able to make groups around that. Um, I guess that meeting, right? We had students for a sensible drug policy, talking about drug policy, of course. Uh, we had our students for liberty group. And at that time, we had the Obama administration. We had, uh, I guess, a Republican Congress and um, uh, a very divided bill, even back then, a very divided country. Uh, I see it a lot like today, where everybody's rushing to, hey, you got to go vote. There's only uh, these many weeks. And so, I mean, we're doing the same thing at Libre ourselves by opposing propositions and all that stuff. But um, the important thing to remember is that it doesn't start months or even years before. It starts decades before where you're really having these conversations about what's going to change in the future. You know, if you look at things like gay marriage or marijuana policy, we're living in the middle of that change because of the decades of work that went into it uh, of marijuana activists in the 60s uh, and, and uh, beyond. Kind of we're writing on their shoulders. So culture change needs to happen first before we can start telling people to go to the polls, I think. I, I, I love it. I think that all the stuff that you've been working on was one of the main motivating factors that Centauri and I started the Figure It Out podcast to help inspire people by talking about important topics and then giving them a direct prescription on how to actually get involved with them if, if they're curious about it. So so I, I think everything you're doing is fantastic. I'm curious to know um, how how the appetite has been with the general public for the work that Arizona Talks has been doing. Do you think that there's more people these days who are feeling a little bit frustrated and who want maybe that more long-form conversation um, than, than maybe in the past? Absolutely. I think that um, you know, a lot of people uh, look at politics and look at the, what's going on and think that it's very divided or it's very um, radical, right? Because I believe the radical sides are small but really loud on both sides. Most of us kind of um, are in the middle. Uh, most people are, are willing to sit down and be reasonable and look at the other side of the issue and have a conversation. So 
we took a gamble when we started this, um, I guess, this venture a couple of years ago officially. Uh, and our risk was, uh, really, our proposition was people care enough about these issues to come and talk about it, even with people they disagree. And um, I guess the results have been great. People not only um, come with the, um, you already know you're going to meet somebody you are not going to agree with, or you already know you're going to come and hear something you're, you're not aligned with. And I think that setup um, is the beginning of a great conversation and friendship. I think from our, our discussions, not only have um, uh, people gotten together, but there's been uh, initiatives that started uh, to continue the work that Arizona has been talking. And so our partnerships for the last two years have exploded in the local market with, uh, you know, local businesses and nonprofits giving to our work to continue the conversation. Excellent. And I love, I love how you've, how you've married the art and culture into it and, I think that that's such a great way to to frame a lot of these issues and to to frame and um, and just change the uh, the way that people view the conversations as well. So definitely credit you for that as well. So you were an undergraduate until I think you said 2014, and so now it's been about four years. Yes, that you've been mm-hmm. working on Arizona Talks. Yes, that's right. And in between. Uh, you know, there's been campaign jobs. Uh, there, there's really not a, a dedicated uh, job position for what I, I like to do, and that is talk about issues, learn about them, and try to advocate for what I believe in. And so I've kind of had to make or create my own description by doing political work. You know, I, in 2015 and 16, I led um, a marijuana campaign, uh, especially here in Arizona, to legalize marijuana and do some criminal justice reform. And that work has allowed me to go um, you know, through a lot of policy areas, but also giving Arizona Talks a network to feed from, if that makes sense. Meeting the people that are making the arguments in these campaigns uh, and bringing that to the regular uh, person that is not so plugged in. I think that that uh, is, I don't know, married together and really has provided me to not only be an activist for what I believe in, but to be a connector, a facilitator of conversations and um, it's, it's great. I mean, so far it feels like something that I've created and kind of jiggy rig myself. Um, but, uh, it's fun. It's, it is fun along the way. It's uncertain, but fun. I, I, I credit you for doing it. So, well, we love to ask people. And I think that this is, is, is timely because it's been about four years. So what are some of the top, let's just call it the top three things you've learned over the three last three, four years? Uh, I think they're very basic, and I think that, you know, because they're so basic, you have to keep hammering at them uh, throughout your life and career. And the first one is to just um, be a person that gets it done and to be a person that actually uh, goes beyond talking about it. A lot of us, especially in politics, uh, get together and talk about how great the world would be if, if we did this campaign or if we did that. But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the people that actually do the grunt work, the putting up chairs, the entering of data, the reaching out to people on a constant basis, all of that um, kind of takes uh, or really describes a person that is going to be set apart from the rest of just talking about it to doing it. So that would be the first thing. Um, I do have a couple more. Then the second one is to actually build meaningful relationships. And that, I know that it gets a little bit difficult when you have sales to make or when you have a, a goal in a career and you're not quite getting there. But um, the thing that I found most value, most valuable in, in my career so far is the relationships I've made um, through my work. 
and they go beyond just the work relationships, but friendships, I think those will help you and help anybody. And they definitely helped me in furthering my view of what I want to be when um, these years go by. And so the third thing that I thought about is um, to take time to breathe, right? Uh, Take time to just uh, hang out and really um, try to understand the other side or try to uh, appreciate what you have. But we can really get caught up in our work, especially not having, you know, a set schedule or having just project goals. It's important to stop and appreciate what we've already created and the relationships that we've built. So those are the three things that I I think I've learned most uh, in the last two or three years. Carlos, it's uh what you just outlined is it's as we've reached close to our 100th episode, a big a big theme has been a lot of those, which is, you know, relationships matter above and beyond the connections that we make throughout our personal and professional lives will really carry us um, beyond. And then also being mindful and being taking just some time to really sit back, relax and take it all in, because you, you could everyone has a propensity to just go, go, go. But to really sit back and think and reflect on what you're doing and also just taking some time for yourself so that you can be in a place to keep going is important. And so I'm glad you touched on those those three things. Yeah, I, I think it's, those things have allowed me to not only be flexible in where my career path is going, but also just to appreciate more and really fully enjoy those days that even, you know, if it's an eight hour work day, but you got to enjoy the, most of that or at least at the end, you know, make sure that you think about what was good that day or, or something like that. It's, it's a way to enjoy more fully what we're doing on a daily basis. And Carlos, when we sat down, um, it was great to hear about Arizona Talks. I got super excited about it, but I'd love for you to share kind of like how the program actually works. What's the setup? What's the, who are the folks in the room? Yeah. Got to walk us through uh, what that looks like. Absolutely. So the, um, the idea behind this is that we're full humans and sometimes we listen when there's statistics and, and good arguments being made, but sometimes we listen through art, music, and personal stories. So our events range from, um, you know, having a TED Talk style personal story section where you can really um, get a different viewpoint that you have, might never have thought about. Um, videos, uh, also, uh, we have an educational piece. A lot of the times, especially when we talked about the opioid crisis back in November last year, uh, a lot of the times people don't know what these terms mean. When we have conversations in panels, um, it's the experts having the conversations and we're kind of just nodding along. Uh, but what we do is try to really get down to what is the essence of the, the piece. For the opioid crisis, one is what is an opioid? How does it interact with the body? Why is it so addictive? These basic things, again, we go back to the basics because if they're done well, you're set up for that conversation to happen. And then finally, we have the panel series, um, you know, uh, where we have a moderator that's uh, unbiased, usually a member of the media, um, to try to really dig into the arguments of the people that are on stage. And, you know, you usually think that these take uh, a form of debate or controversy, but what we've seen, and this is pretty consistently every single event, is that people are more willing to listen to each other um, get in each other's shoes and, and try to understand the other side if you set that conversation up this way um, by giving the personal side of the personal stories, the educational piece to try to understand and be on the same page. Now you're ready to have that discussion about solutions and where we're coming from, which is usually doesn't happen in a dinner conversation or with a debate with your friend, right? And you get right into the argument. And so I think it's important just to step back 
look at the pieces that make up those arguments and then have the conversation. Got it. I love it. So your vision for the future of the organization. Wow. Well, um, we'd love to, I think the demand for for this kind of uh, work is not only local here, but all across the country. We would love to um, discover new ways to take this to other major cities like LA and Chicago and Seattle and kind of take on the different posts because as you know, um, we're kind of experiencing this as a country (laughs) and um, having people on the ground would be fantastic. So, the vision would be to spread it all around the country. I love it. And technology has got to be helping with that too. I mean, the medium of being able to, to publish information, if it's video or just the audio and to broadcast from Phoenix to all over the country is, uh, is certainly a very real thing. So have you found that to be easy to use? Is it a lot to get your arms around somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I think most people really see it as a big tool, but not a lot of people do it right. When you look at uh, policy discussions online, I mean, uh, most of them are, they just post the whole discussion, the whole hour. And while I think that's a good experience as an attendee and live, I think it takes away from it if you're just behind the screen. So um, what we've been working on is digestible material to understand people through social media or through videos. Um, So instead of posting an hour video, we have a three minute or 30 second point that somebody made at the event that really drives that, the highlight of what they were trying to say. So more digestible content is the key to to really grow online and, and spread to other people. Got it. I think that that makes sense. Find that sweet spot, right? Right, right. It's kind of hard and different to do online than in person. Yeah, for sure. Well, excellent. Well, Carlos, knowing that the entire world would hear you, what one plea would you make? Well, um, if it were <laughs> if it were right now, um, we're in full full campaign mode down here in uh, the Phoenix area in Arizona, and that's really taking most of our time here at Libre and uh, with our partners. So I would really say is uh, w- look into what you're voting uh, for and against. And if I could make a plea, it would be vote against Prop 126 this coming November in Arizona because it's really trying to rig our economy and trying to um, get special kinds of businesses to pay, to not pay sales tax. This is a great example for people to get uh, involved in a local issue um, and see a result come out of it really quickly. So that's what I would say. And that's, um, Carlos, from what I can understand, that's one of the few props or issues right now that's getting bipartisan support. Is that correct? That's right. I'm so glad you mentioned that. So we not only have support of both the governor candidates, uh, both David Garcia and Doug Ducey uh, support this, but we also have a broad range of coalition partners that range from the teachers' union uh, you know, uh, grassroots organizations all the way to conservative organizations. Um, so there really is a bipartisan coalition forming, which is so interesting because we just spend this whole time talking about how getting people together is important and having conversation. This is the kind of solution that those things foster. Uh, these are the kinds of coalitions and movements that happen when you know the other side because you saw them at an event and started talking to them. 
Um, so that's, I think, the power of getting people together. And um, I hope we'll see a great result this November. I know it'll be, it'll come close. That's why I used my, my one plea to the world um, is to vote no on 126 and to really read what's on the ballot. Got it. I love it. <clears throat> oh, I appreciate that. Centauri, what else? Uh, answered all my questions. Thank you, Carlos. I think the, the work that you're doing is so fascinating and so necessary um, right at the time and totally aligns with the work that we're trying to do on this podcast. So thanks for, thanks for joining us. I, I really think that it's work like this and, and having people like, like us meet uh, and do things together that's going to increase this work. So thank you very much for having me. And if there's anything we can do, um, we would love to see you at our event. Um, for anybody that's interested, that's um, ArizonaTalks.org. Um, or we're here in Phoenix, Arizona, too, with the Libre Initiative. Um, we have an office at 32nd and Indian School. So um, any collaboration, any work, uh, we really love what you guys are doing. So let us know how we can help. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Carlos. We, we very much appreciate it. And thanks, as always, for listening. Go to ArizonaTalks.org. Find some information on the Libre Initiative as well, and I'll make all those available in the notes of the show. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real. On behalf of Centauri and I, thanks as always for listening. Please subscribe to the show, leave us a review, and feel free to share the show on social media. Thanks a lot.